Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up? I am JP Hornstrom with the Southern California News Group. Welcome to the Los Angeles Dodgers podcast on the Believe Network. Sean Green will be hopping on in a bit. We'll be talking about an exciting schedule for 2023 that dropped this week. Talking a little bit about Walker Bueller. Talking a little bit about the sale of the team that plays in Anaheim, not in Los Angeles, the Angels. But what does that mean for the Dodgers? What has it meant for the Dodgers that the Angels have been so bad for so long? Before Sean hops on, I want to dive a little further into the schedule quirk that is every team playing every other team in 2023. The Dodgers will have home games next year against the Minnesota Twins, the New York Yankees, the Chicago White Sox, the Houston Astros, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Oakland A's, and the Detroit Tigers, in addition to all of the National League teams, in addition to two home games against the Angels. They will travel to play the Seattle Mariners, the Texas Rangers, the Cleveland Guardians, the Kansas City Royals, the Boston Red Sox, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Baltimore Orioles. In addition to every National League team and two road games against the Angels. One thing we didn't talk about is a story that dropped just today, Friday, as we are recording this, about Dustin May. I talked to Dustin about the changeup that he spent his Tommy John rehab developing and the confidence he has in that pitch, what it can mean for him going forward, and just more broadly the idea that he may have come back stronger than he was before the surgery, which is a scary thought. So I urge you to go to ocregister.com or dailynews.com to go check that out. It's called Dodgers Dustin May used Tommy John Rehab to make an important change. And with that, let's bring on Sean. Thanks for hopping on the pod once again. Happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. Always a, always a good time. Absolutely. The Dodgers just keep winning, but it's been a busy week for news around the league. And I wanted to start with the announcement of the 2023 schedule. And I'm particularly curious to get your take on this, Sean, because you played during an era when MLB had both a balanced schedule and an unbalanced schedule. So correct me if I'm wrong, but when your career started, the number of intra-division games was relatively balanced with the number of out-of-division games. And they changed that in 1997. And ever since, they have had uh, an imbalanced schedule where teams generally play a lot more games within their division than without. And next year, um, we're going to be going to this first-of-its-kind schedule where every team plays every other team, American and National League. Um, 
Your career began in an era of balanced schedules, ended in an era of imbalanced schedules. Do you have a preference? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. I think depending when you ask me this question, I would give you different answers. So I wasn't a huge fan when they introduced interleague. Um, I do think that the, the unbalanced schedule was it was pretty cool, as especially as a hitter and as fans, because it really builds up some of the interdivision rivalries. Um, but as a hitter, I thought it was it was a big advantage. I thought to face the guys in the division multiple times. So, for example, you know when when the Dodgers we face Randy and Kurt Schilling and um, Jason Schmidt, good pitchers in our in our division, and and you get really comfortable against them as good as they are, but then you, you go out of the division and you face the top pitchers and it's, it's a lot tougher. So there's that kind of level of familiarity that, you know, I thought was, it definitely changed the game. It changed the way um, you approach different teams and pitchers. So I thought I did like that as a player. Now, based on the expanded playoffs and things like that, interleague play has been pretty popular, uh, but if you're the only guy to like that, you have everyone just playing everyone, and now, now there's universal DH. Um, I, I think it's actually going to be a, a cool change. Um, so we already, you can't put the genie back in the bottle in terms of keeping this pure World Series. So at this point, I like fans to have teams, um, you know, whoever their favorite is, is going to be playing at their stadium. Yeah, it definitely favors the fan who has transplanted from his hometown, doesn't get to see his favorite team in person anymore. Maybe their favorite player still plays for that team or, or plays for a team out of town. And now, you know, that fan gets to see their favorite player or team in person, in theory. The schedule takes care of that. It's interesting you talk about putting the genie back in the bottle because now I don't know about the future of the American and National League and interleague play and just how strong some of the historic rivalries are going to be five, ten years down the road now that everybody just plays everybody like the NBA. Yeah, no, I think, you know, one thing in baseball that's changed, I think, over the last five, ten years is the willingness to innovate. I think for a long time there were a lot of purists you know, kind of along the lines of where my head was. Um, and, you know, I think there's there's so much competition now for, for eyeballs. There's new sports, new leagues popping up all the time. Um, soccer's gaining ground in the U.S. So th- there's a lot of reason to do that. So baseball's definitely tried to, you know, pick things from the different leagues that, you know, seems to, seem to be popular amongst the fans. Um, and the innovation, you know, you look at things like, um, potential um, pitch clock and, and automated strike zone, you know, the addition of instant replay. So there's there's a lot of things that, you know, for years there was zero change. Now, you know, the universal DA. So they're, they are trying to continue to make the game even more interesting for the, for the younger, younger fan. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the rivalry situation will, I mean, it'll always be there to some extent, like the, the Yankees, Mads, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants, um, Dodgers, Padres are continuing to grow as a rivalry. So there's going to continue to be those those rivalries. Um, but I do think um, one thing that'll be really cool is 
it'll help this type of format of, of playing every team will elevate the stars in the game. So you look at, you know, if you're a fan in St. Louis, for example, and maybe you haven't seen the Angels in a long time, but to get a chance to see, you know, Mike Trout and, and Otani, like two mega stars, um, now you, you'll have that opportunity. And so I think the individual players will elevate, and that's something you look at NBA players, and I think compared to any other sport, they are they are the biggest stars. You see a lot more commercials and, and marketing campaigns around NBA players than, you know, I would say probably most other sports, in, team sports in the U.S. combined. I mean, you have a few quarterbacks that are big, um, but there's a ton of NBA players that are you know, all over the TV. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons is because they are in every single market. That's a really good point. That, that hadn't even occurred to me. I, I think that baseball has kind of leaned on the history and tradition of its teams uh, to sell to fans, whereas the NBA, it's, it's really about who's playing for that team at that moment, and it's a star-driven league, and, and that would be really interesting to see that, that ethos come to baseball. But I'm glad you mentioned Trout and Otani, because that segues into the next uh, topic that I wanted to discuss, which is the Angels are apparently for sale. Artie Marino... Uh, the owner of the Angels announced on Tuesday that he was going to explore a sale of the team. Maybe not surprising that if he were to consider a sale, he would consider it now. He'd been in talks with the city of Anaheim to develop the land around Angels Stadium. They got pretty far into the negotiations, but then the FBI got involved. The mayor got charged with corruption. He resigned. The whole deal fell apart about three months ago. So without that long-term project to see through, why not sell it now? I mention all of this because the Dodgers and Angels are one of four pairs of teams that have to share a market. Obviously, the White Sox and the Cubs in Chicago, the Giants in the Bay Area, Mets and the Yankees in New York. And one could argue that Artie Moreno has done a lot to help the Dodgers corner the Southern California baseball market by not putting a playoff team on the field since 2014. Sean, you were playing for the Dodgers when the Angels won their only World Series in 2002. What has it been like to see that balance of power shift? It has shifted. I think what's interesting to me is even even during the Angels' heyday, um, there's still a lot of fans in in areas that are pretty far from Dodger Stadium. I know like some of the, the Inland Empire, there's a ton of Dodger fans. So it sort of it reminds me a lot, I mean, really, of New York and Chicago particularly. Like New York is, you know, there's tons of Mets fans, but, there's Yankee fans everywhere. And in Chicago, there's a lot of White Sox fans, but there's Cub fans really everywhere. And it's kind of like that here. Um, and I guess San Francisco, Bay as well. I mean, there's more Giant fans. And and the Dodgers also have, I think, just the as many, as, as big a, of a Latino culture um, that there is in Southern California. I, I think the Dodgers have, really connected with that culture more than any other team, the Angels or Padres, even as, as close as the Padres are to, to the border. And the Dodgers just have, you know, with Fernando and, and uh, you know, the strong Jaime Harin and Pepe and, and Fernando doing the, the radio and TV, just a strong connection and, and how hard they, um, you know, tried to support the, you know, the Spanish speaking um, community and so I, I think yeah I mean I, I look at the last 
you know, 10 years with the Dodgers even taking, taking that over more. And yeah, it's, it's something that is, has happened because of how good the Dodgers are. And, you know, in spite of having Trout and other big stars like Pujols and, and you name it, the, the Angels have had some of the biggest stars to ever play the game coming through there over the last 10 years, but they just haven't really had the right, I think, direction to, to go out and win. And then when it comes down to it, if you're out there winning your division year after year, like the Dodgers have been, um, you know, the, the new fan coming into the sport is going to, is going to choose that team that's, that's in the playoffs. Cause that's, that's what it's all about. And I think this kind of brings it full circle to what we were talking about earlier, which is that the angels have these individual stars like Trout and Otani and I think Otani is gaining some momentum nationally and internationally. Of course, he was already a star in Japan. But here in the U.S., I think people are more and more aware of who he is and what he's doing from longer. He's able to keep pitching and hitting full time. But, gosh, the conversation around Mike Trout for years was, man, this guy's so good. Why isn't he being marketed better? And... I think part of that was that the Angels were just not making the playoffs every season. Part of that was his personality. He's maybe soft, softer spoken than your average superstar, but gosh, maybe part of that was just that most fan bases just never saw the Angels come to town, at least if you were in the National League. And I wonder if that shifts now, and I wonder if that maybe balances this equation at all. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a tough question. It's something that I think MLB has been trying to figure out for a long time. On it kind of gets back to how how do we market our players better? Um, and it's it's kind of bizarre because there haven't. I mean, really, the last couple players I think that have been marketed really well because of the personality, because of um, you know what they're able to do on the field and all that. Is, I think for me, it's it's been Derek Jeter and, and Griffey, um, but even you know guys like Barry Bonds, he had you know a lot of you know scandals around him and and um, didn't have the personality to that fans wanted to embrace and media wanted to embrace. So it, it is, I think it's it's a big problem. I think for baseball, they they need to figure out how to do that better and how to like. I think the other thing, baseball is you play so many games. I just think. Athletes don't have time to, to shift their focus away from just performing on the field, um, so that makes it more challenging as well. But you know, with with social media, you know, the focus has shifted from organizations to the individuals, just in, in our entire culture, even outside of sports. Um, and so, I, I think that makes it even more important to to figure out how to continue to build the the brands of the players. And hopefully the Angels' next owner, whoever he or she is, has a better idea of that going into this job. I, I feel like uh, Artie Moreno, you know, for all that he was willing to spend on premier talent, you know, really struggled to surround that talent uh, with more talent, and, and, and that's why the Angels uh, have struggled on the field the way that they have. Dodgers don't have that problem. Andrew Friedman not only pays the stars like Mookie Betts, Fred Freeman, and Clayton Kershaw, uh, but he's, I would argue, without par in terms of building up a farm system, building up organizational depth, and, and making sure that those guys are front and center 
come October every year, I, you know, I think there are a lot of cities that the Dodgers are going to visit in 2023 uh, that are going to come out to see not just the stars on the team, uh, but just to see the best team in baseball because that's what the Dodgers are right now. Yeah, they are, and and that's that's where you got to give the whole Dodger organization credit is. If you, if you look at the teams that have had dynasties, um, the Yankees in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, the Braves, you know, they only won one World Series over that span, but throughout the 90s. And, um, and and those teams, they had tremendous farm systems. And in baseball, you know, each year, one, you have you had 25 guys in the roster. I think now there's 26. But um, you also, like, have a lot of guys going up and down. So it's like, you know, maybe in a season you have 40-plus guys that are going to you know, wear, wear the uniform. So it's it, there's a lot of players that it takes to have the depth to win. And and no one – I've never seen a team that's done it better than the Dodgers have over the last 10 years. And, I mean, even even to the, the level of kind of figuring out what prospects to hoard and what prospects to trade um, to get the, the guys they need and get massive stars at the trade deadline – like they have, you know, in the past few years, um, it, it's it's pretty. I think it's unprecedented, and you know, it takes a lot of you know brilliance and you know, and tremendous front office team and and minor league, um, you know, development player development team, scouting and all that. But it also it takes some luck too. I mean, there's there's sometimes you trade a player and. Um, you know, the player becomes a huge star. I, I can't think of too many that they've traded that has come back to bite them. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe you can think of a few. I mean, there's players who've had success, but it hasn't been like, you know, back 30 years ago, whatever, when they traded Pedro Martinez, like that was a big whoop. But I, I can't think of any in, in recent years. I don't know, can you? Well, the two that come to mind immediately were guys who hadn't, hardly had time to establish themselves, even as professionals. It's it's Jordan Alvarez and it's O'Neal Cruz, with the Astros and the Pirates, respectively. Now, they've gone on to become major, major prospects. And in Alvarez's case, I would argue, already a star. He had not played a professional game in, like, organized baseball at all when the Dodgers traded into the Astros. So to, to argue that the Dodgers should have had a better assessment on the talent level of him. I mean, it's apples and oranges when you're comparing him to Pedro Martinez, who had already had big league experience to that point, or, or even you know, some of the players who have been rumored to go in trades um, over the years who had some minor league seasons under their belts. Alvarez didn't even have that. And right. Cruz, Cruz, who was traded to the Pirates, you know, he had barely played professionally at all himself. And, and you know, for all the skills that he has flashed in a brief couple months here as a rookie, Still, I think the jury's still out as to whether he can put those raw tools together. Um, he's a very young player. I, I give him the benefit of the doubt, but it, it hasn't happened yet to where you're necessarily worried about him biting you. Yeah, I mean, and you look at guys, though, that they haven't moved, you know, and I'm sure there was temptations with, you know, whether it's like, you know, Walker Bueller, um, I'm sure guys like um, Will Smith and Bellinger, I mean, all these guys, have come up and at different times had tremendous success and helped the Dodgers win a lot of games and go deep in the playoffs to even win a World Series. So uh, I think there's so many ones, so many guys that 
they held on to that you know have, have got them to this point. And then you fill in with you know uh, free agency and and trading for big names, and that's what the Yankees did. That's what the Braves did. I mean, you look at the core guys in the Yankee dynasty, and they all came up through the Yankee organization, and they continually added. You know, Jeter one year, it was Mariano and Pettit, and then it was Jeter, then it was Posada, then Cano. I mean, these guys kept coming up the system and contributing. Um, and that's that's really the same way that the Dodgers have it. And you fill in with mega stars, whether it's a Scherzer, Trey Turner, Mookie, Freeman, and these guys kind of come and go. But your organization and the farm system and the player development is what is going to keep you winning year after year. Absolutely. Speaking of Walker Buehler, I, I think we'd be remiss not to mention that he underwent Tommy John surgery and a flexor tendon repair on Monday, I believe it was this week. And he will miss the rest of this year, obviously, and most likely all of 2023 as well. Um, he's a relatively young guy, 27 years old, but this is his second Tommy John surgery. And I don't know. I don't know which Walker Bueller we're going to get in 2028. I, I guess the one, or thank your pardon, 2024. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully 2024. Uh, I don't know which Walker Bueller we're going to get in 2024, but I think if anything, you know, seeing Dustin May uh, come back uh, this past weekend, after having undergone Tommy John surgery for the first time, looking like he just never left, picking up where he left off, if anything, maybe a little bit more confident in some of his pitches. I think that gives some optimism to fans who are, you know, curious to see Walker Bueller here coming back a couple of years from now and potentially worrying about a guy who had been the Dodgers ace at the time he was hurt. Yeah, I, I always feel a lot better about a guy having Tommy John than something with their shoulder. Uh, and that's, you know, even if it's a second Tommy John, I still would rather have that than have some, a shoulder surgery. It just, it just seems uh, historically to be something that guys come back and, and are a hundred percent. So yeah, you never, you never want to see that. You know, it's, it's not surprising in that he's in his stature. He's, not like Dustin May and you know I don't know how tall he is exactly but you know to throw as hard as he does it just takes a lot more out of your body and different you know the different levers of your body are you know taking taking a toll um in those joints that are creating the velocity and the movement on on his breaking stuff so um you know unfortunately it'd be great if if this happened, you know, three, four years later and, and get more out of it. Cause the concern I would have is you know, how long is this next one going to last? He's the type of guy that is all business and he's going to go out and, you know, do everything that the medical staff asks of him and, and, and more. And, and I'm sure he'll, he'll come back and, and be, you know, a star for the Dodgers again. It's just, it's a bummer to lose him this year and, and most likely all of next year. And, you have to wait because it's it's always a long wait. But the good news is, you know, the timing can be better to get to get Dustin back, and and they have, you know, the other guys in the staff have pitched lights out. So um, it's not like this year is 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 uh you know destroy the the hopes are destroyed because he's because um, he's gone. Like you look at some teams, 
and there's two star pitchers, and if you lose one of them, then you can write it off, and, and that's not the case with the Dodgers. Absolutely. Well, not a doctor, obviously, um, on this side of the line, but I one thing I have learned, just, just don't get the cadaver. Uh, don't get the cadaver ligament. That doesn't work out. So I, I don't know exactly. Work. No, it doesn't work. I don't know exactly how they replaced Bueller's UCL this time, but um, it's cliche. So they use the. So they use the other the other uh, forearm. Isn't that what they do? They 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 try to use the other forearm. This is this is the second for Bueller though. So if they use the other forearm, if that was Plan A for the first time, uh, my understanding is they would go for the knee joint. Uh, there's a ligament in there that they can use. Um, knee or upper leg, and that's, that's plan B, typically. Because um, they don't want to take it out of the pitching arm. Is that, is that what it is? Well, it's the How human it? body only has so many ligaments that you can actually transpose into that joint. Um, Got it. So, Got it, because I thought they took it out of his, his righty, took, they would take it out of your left forearm, right? That's that they do? right. That's what they, they do if you have one. Take, yeah. if, if you have one there. Uh, my understanding is that some people don't. Um, oh. It's it's one of these weird anatomical things where the surgeon will have plan A, uh, go in there, look for the ligament, and you know most people have it, but not everybody does. Um, and I think in Bueller's case, he did the first time. Um, I didn't remember reading any odd reports about them having to, um, you know, change course mid mid TJ uh, after he had that right after he was drafted out of college. I mean, I haven't seen anything or heard anything unusual this time. Again, just don't get the cadaver. Uh, that one doesn't work. Yeah, I'm uh, sure a lot of Dodger fans would, would have been willing to donate theirs to him. Right? <laughs> 100%. I don't think he would have had any shortage of volunteers. Yeah. This is great. We got to, we got to talk to get cadavers this time, Sean. <laughs> That's right. Who knows what will be next, right? It's always excitement on this podcast every week. Uh, You never know what you're going to get. Sean Green, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, JP. Look forward to next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.